You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. You know, uh, just as I get ready to start, we can be turning over the book of Ecclesiastes here in just a few moments. Um, But I do have some... I guess prefatory things I'd like to say as I know that I'll not be back here until uh, maybe, Lord willing, uh, just around Christmas we'll be in for, uh, Angie has another post-cancer appointment and we're coming back to see our first grandbaby, amen. You know, missions isn't like it was 100 years ago where it took three months crossing the ocean on a ship and then a month over land, we can be back here in 19 to 24 hours, amen. And, uh, and, and I'm not a young missionary going to the field. I'm, I'm almost 50 years old. And uh, so I just decided that if the Lord would give me the airline miles, and he has, then if we have a grandbaby born, I'm coming back to see him or her. Amen. And uh, so we will be coming back for both of those reasons and very much looking forward to it. Um, and so, uh, but this is our last service uh, here, my last service here. And so I'd just like to mention a few things before we get over to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Um, the first thing I want to just thank the Lord for tonight is my family. Uh, I'm, I, I miss getting to see Jimmy and Tori uh, on this trip. They're, of course, in Tennessee, but I'm very thankful for Jesse and Leah, and, uh, and they, they put uh, up with us and put us up at the same time. Amen. And, uh, and, and I really thank the Lord for them. I thank God for how they're developing and growing in this church as a result of being a member of this church. Amen. Uh, I thank God they both have a personal walk with the Lord, a family walk with the Lord, but I thank God for this church and how I'm watching them grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that comes, that comes through the preaching, uh, the teaching in the Sunday school, and the various uh, uh, folks that are investing in their lives, and I want to thank you for investing in my family. I also want to thank uh, Micaiah for coming over tonight from Falls International, amen, and uh, our backslidden son is back over here. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. I'm just kidding. Amen. Uh, but uh, seriously, I'm thankful he's here tonight. I'm thankful for how God's growing him as well uh, in grace and for how God's developing him. And we're praying for him for a wife. Amen. So help, help us keep out looking. I'm embarrassing him now. Amen. Uh, you guys help us to keep looking. Amen. All right. And uh, I do thank the Lord for him. And I thank the Lord for not only having family here, but, of course, Pastor Holloway over at Falls International and others that are here, uh, I don't know how many of you knew, but maybe, maybe, maybe two months after being in Ghana, a month and a half, six to eight weeks after being there, we had a call in the middle of the night and he had a medical emergency. And when you're on the other side of the world, uh, that, that messes with your mind a little bit. Amen. And, uh, and I was so thankful uh, that uh, Jesse uh, and, 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 and Leah and Pastor Holloway and his wife was able to go over there to the hospital, I mean, in the middle of the night. And, uh, and just help them through everything. I just thank the Lord for how he takes care of our children. Amen. Yeah. And then I also wanted, you know, my mom loves watching the services. Of course, my dad pastors the second church that I started. Very small church up in the north central part of the state. But my mom is uh, pretty much uh, in the house all the time. And uh, she watches these services. And I told her that I would, I would acknowledge. I told her this morning, I said, I'm going to be preaching tonight. And I said, I'm going to be welcoming my mother who's watching by way of uh, the county jail, amen. And uh, so, hello, mom, amen. My wayward mother, amen. No, <laughs> and uh, but uh, but I love my parents. We got to see them. Got to see my wife's uh, parents, and it's, it's been a very. There's a lot of other things happened on this trip, and we just thank the Lord for that, amen. And then I just want to take the time to thank God 
for Eastside Baptist Church. Amen. I thank God for our pastor. Uh, you, you guys don't, maybe you do. Some of you know uh, uh, how, how much of a treasure that we have in our pastor. Uh, and, and I thank God for him. I thank God for the ministry that God's not only given him as being the pastor of this church and, and what God's doing through him and his family in this church, but God's given him a ministry where he can go preach in other places, youth camps and other places around the country. And maybe you sit back here and say, but I want my pastor to be right here. But listen to me, there's so many lives that are being affected, people that are being saved, people that are being called to the ministry out of Eastside Baptist Church ministry because we have a pastor that can preach in these various places. Uh, as we travel on furlough or deputation from time to time, Eastside Baptist Church has a name in many other places. And it's not necessarily because of an individual member here, an individual member there, but it's because of our pastor, amen. And uh, this church has a good name, it has a good influence. Listen to me, if you're here and you say, well, you know, I wished he wouldn't leave. God has many ways of growing a church. One of those ways is through us being faithful and going on visitation. But I don't know if you've noticed of late, there's a lot of people moving to Sioux Falls, South Dakota from other parts of the country. And, and it helps people to move to Sioux Falls, South Dakota when they know there is a good, solid, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, King James preaching church. Amen. I mean, it makes them want to come. And so I thank God for him. I thank God for how God's used him in my life. He's three years younger than me. Uh, but spiritually, he is, uh, God has used him greatly in my life. Uh, and, and it doesn't matter how old you hear, uh, you are here this evening. doesn't matter how old you are and how young the pastor is to some of you. Amen. Thank God for a pastor who follows the leadership of the Spirit of God. Amen. I'm not telling you all something you haven't already said. It, probably every one of you yourselves about our pastor. Amen. But I wanted to articulate it publicly tonight. I thank God for my pastor, his wife, and their family. Amen. And the testimony they have here and around the country. And then I want to thank God for Eastside Baptist Church as a church. Amen. You say, you're taking a long time. I was almost going to preach tonight where the Apostle Paul said, first, I want to thank my God for you all. Amen. And that's not where I'm preaching from, but I wanted to because this church has been such a blessing to our family over the past seven years. Amen. And it's good when you're on the foreign mission field and you hear other missionaries calling you and saying, what do I do? Our church is folding up. What do I do? Our church is compromising fundamental doctrine. What do I do? When I left my church four years ago, here's where they stood. Here's what I'm preaching on the mission field. And I came back and this is not where they stand. And they don't even represent like what I preach on the mission field. And they trained me. And I hear this story so much, and I'm so thankful. I don't have to worry about coming home to a church and saying, man, what in the world happened to our church? Amen. We've done become the first community center of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I am so thankful that, that uh, we have a good church here. Amen. And, and, and I want to say, and I'll say some more things as I start preaching about the church, but I thank God for the church. And, and just speaking of the ministry a bit, um, I want to thank the Lord uh, for the church's prayers for us. I want to give you some things you can pray for, for Angie and I, if you want to write these down and pray for us. I know that many of you follow us on Facebook. I'm not much of a Facebook reader, but I am a lot of a Facebook poster. Amen. And so if you want to see what's going on in our family and ministry, uh, you can find me on there. And, and, and routinely I have prayer requests there. Uh, but uh, first, uh, as Pastor mentioned, I'd ask you to pray that God give us great prudence and wisdom over this next month. Um, we have some meetings we're preaching, but primarily what we're looking at is there is a church that was started by another missionary uh, several years ago, 
And that church, that missionary had to leave the field. Well, he didn't have to leave the field. God led him to leave the field. Nothing bad happened there. But in the process, the church was turned over to another missionary. And it ended up, a charismatic man had been pastoring the church for seven years. And just a really, really bad situation. Independent, fundamental Baptist funded that church. Amen. I mean, that church was birthed out of a church. That, that church was built out of independent, fundamental Baptist churches. And it's so close to where we live. And it's so out of my comfort zone because I'm a church planner, Brother Viz. I'm not a pastor. I'm a church planner. I want to go plant a church and then go to the next place and go to the next place and plant churches. That's what I've done all my life. But as we've been there, um, uh, they don't have a pastor. And we've been filling in uh, from time to time. And they have asked us to consider becoming their pastor. And there's several things that would really have to fall in place for that to happen. And I'm not looking at a long-term missionary pastor. But what I would, and I've already told them, if I become your pastor, number one... Uh, there has to be a 100% vote. If because see, when you start a church, let me, just, let me just take my time. I'll preach real fast, all right? But when you start a church, uh, you, you, sometimes you just don't have the problems that pastors have, amen? I mean, pastors, sometimes you got to put up with this faction and this particular group and these people. When you start a church and you win everybody to the Lord, in general, they all love you, amen? In general, they trust you. In general, they follow your leadership. And I like it that way, Amen? <laughs> I don't like running into, I mean, I have enough opposition out in the world without having opposition in the church we're trying to start, amen. And uh, so, so, uh, so that's what I'm used to. So I told them I want 100% vote. If there's a 99% vote, I'll know it's not God's will. I've told them that the, the, as soon as uh, I would assume the pastor, uh, we would have to vote to disband the church because they've had charismatic influence for seven years. We're not interested in becoming the pastor of a charismatic Baptist church. Uh, so we would then reconstitute immediately under the authority of Eastside Baptist Church, which, which I believe is biblical. Amen. Yeah. And so if they're willing, and right now they're, they're saying they're willing to do that, but I'll have a sit-down meeting with them, uh, Lord willing, this weekend. If they're willing to do that, we're willing to assume the pastor. We have several young men from that church coming to our Bible Institute that are really pastor material, and, and one in particular uh, that I believe God could use to pastor that church long-term uh, after a few more years of Bible Institute training. And so help us pray. If that's God's will, I want to do it. I think it was F.B. Meyer that said this, the will of God, nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. And that's what we want for our lives, amen. And then pray for us, if we do that, that's wonderful. But either way, whether we do that or not, we will be planning sometime in the next six months another brand new church. Uh, and, and so we, you know, uh, it, it won't be a problem as far as alternating services, but we need to do that because I'm a church planner. So I just can't be rescuing a church over here. I've got to plant a church, amen. And uh, so, and, and really, if you went there, and if you saw the need, and if you saw the millions of people, let me just remind you, Ghana is about 25% larger in landmass than South Dakota. I think the last I checked, South Dakota has around 800, maybe 825, 850,000 people. Ghana has 32 and a half million people. And, and there are people everywhere. I mean, and every village has Muslims. Every village has Mormons. The cults are there. And the ones that are supposed to be there aren't. Uh, when you go to the airport, there's not police directing the traffic and saying this line's for missionaries only. Amen. People aren't going. And, and so pray that God give us wisdom. There's so many places we could go and things we could do. But just, just as we found out with Angie's situation, finding out the right diagnosis was by ruling out a lot of things Sometimes finding the will of God is by ruling out what is not the will of God. And so I'm asking you to pray for us that God would give us great wisdom with that possible church that we would take and then with planning another church. And then another great, great prayer request I have for us uh, that we really need prayer. We are trying to learn the Fonte dialect, all right? 
And, uh, and don't ask me to speak fancy tonight because I'm not going to speak it, all right? We're not speaking in tongues here, all right? But, but honestly, uh, uh, just pray. You know, when you're 20 years old and learning another language, it's one thing. When you're 48 and you still struggle with English, it's quite another thing. Amen. And, uh, and I feel like it's coming. We can read Fonty now. We have no problem reading Fonty. I can sit down and read Fonty. A lot of their own people can't read Fonty. Uh, but I don't know what I'm reading. I don't, I don't know the definitions of a lot of the words. They, sometimes they put the adjective and the adverb after what it's supposed to be instead of before. And all these kind of things. And so pray that God, you know, if he gave the gift of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, amen, and they could speak in tongues, at least he can help me to learn the tongue. I prayed. I did. I said, oh, God, please give me tongues Help me to learn Fonti. And, and I really felt like the Lord said, study the Fonti language to show thyself approved. Amen. And so pray for us. I asked an African man to pray for us. He said, Pastor, I, I will pray for you. But all my prayer is in vain if you don't study the language. I said, good point. Amen. So you pray and I'll study. I'm asking you to do that. Amen. That the Lord would help us. I, I have set a goal. I would love by Easter of next year. And I'm, I'm actively working towards that to preach a message in Fonti. Uh, you guys can message me and say, hey, Pastor, how's that coming along? How are you learning the font? Keep, keep encouraging me. Hold me accountable. It, it may be the shortest message I ever preached, and it may be written where I have to read every word. Amen. Uh, but uh, pray that God would help us to accomplish that. Amen. It makes, it makes such a difference when you go into a village of people that, you know, because where we're living, you have some English speakers and some Fonte speakers, but there are places you go, the, really the majority of the country, you go in the village, they don't speak English at all. Even though it's the national language, they don't speak it. And so you either have to rely on a translator and pray to God that he's translating exactly what you say, the way you're saying it, uh, or you learn it yourself. And, and it makes a big difference when you can learn it. So pray that God would help us in that area. Amen. And we'd appreciate it. So many more things, but those are the really two big things uh, that we're asking prayer for. Obviously, as we travel back tomorrow, and then as my wife follows in 10 days, I uh, pray that God would bless that. And uh, then one more thing, a pastor mentioned about Brother Petraco in the container. Uh, we have a container that's supposed to be arriving in Ghana like right now. Uh, and so that's no, another reason I'm leaving to go back sooner than my wife is because we have to clear that container, pray that everything would go well with that. And then Brother Petraco and the ministry there will be sending us another container uh, two years from now, 2024. Uh, we're going to be their project. And uh, we're, uh, right now we, we're, we're lined up for a con at least one container a year. And uh, we've got ministries and there's other missionaries and ministries uh, that we can get this stuff out to and, and, and we want to. This container we have, uh, we have such a great need for whole Bibles. Everybody brings John and Romans and gospel tracts and we have a need for whole Bibles. And so we, we, this container coming in this week has 10,000 whole Bibles, 10,000 New Testaments, amen, and 2 million gospel tracts, amen. And, uh, and, and they are not sitting in some storehouse somewhere we're getting them out as quick as they come in. We literally, if, if you helped us load our last container, maybe, maybe between half and three quarters was personal effects. The rest was, was, was you know, Bibles, literature, ministry stuff. All that ministry stuff's gone, amen. Uh, and, and so, uh, plus the, the contents of the container we sent, I believe, last year, it's all gone. And uh, so we have folks that are out there and um, uh, that, that, that need the gospel and, and, and they need this material. And so pray uh, for these things. And again, thank you all so much for your prayer for us. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter number four, I think I've acknowledged uh, 
One more thing, I want to again thank the church tonight. I don't want to be remiss in not thanking folks. The church paid our airline fare coming this way and going back. Thank you. You did not have to do that. We know that. We thank you for that so much. And then I want to thank every one of you that's written us notes to encourage us. Uh, some have given cards. Some have put in cash in those cards. Some uh, was able to eat at Chevy's today because somebody gave us four gift cards. I've never even ate that place before, by the way. Let me just put in a plug. It was good. Amen. If you've never ate at Chevy's and somebody said they're Tex-Mex, I said, well, in that case, I love Tex-Mex better than Mex. Amen. All right. Man, it was good. And uh, so I'm just putting in a plug for them, free commercial for them tonight, amen. But thank you who gave that to us and allowed my wife to take me out on a date today, amen. <laughs> All right, I like those kind of dates. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I promise you I'm going to, I'm watching that clock at 7.50 and we're going to try to be done by 10 o'clock, all right. <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse number 7, the Bible says here, Then I returned and I saw a vanity under the sun. There is one alone... And there is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother, yet is there no end of all his labor. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Neither saith he, for whom do I labor and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity, yea, it is a sure, a sore travail. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is not alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. And again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Brother Viss, could you, could you pray for us tonight, and then I'll start preaching. I'm going to take a drink while he's praying. Thank you. Amen, amen. I'm preaching this evening on the church, and you may say this is kind of a strange text to take to preach on the church, but it's what the Lord gave me, and really the Lord gave me this message several years ago. I hope I've never preached it here, but if I have, you're in for a rerun, amen? And some of you are watching the 20th rerun of Andy Griffith, amen, so I don't feel so bad, amen? But listen, uh, first, again tonight, I already mentioned I want to thank God for the church. It's, it's, it's in a church that I heard the gospel first preached, amen? It's in a church that I was taught sound doctrine. It's in the church uh, where I found my friendships, my greatest friends all of my life has been in God's church and with God's people. It's in the church, amen, uh, that I was married, amen. I thank God for the church. It's the church uh, within God's local churches, amen, that my family has been looked after. And, and, and I used to say it's in the church that I'll be buried, but I hope I'm not buried in the church, amen. Uh, you know, you, you come over this little shrine, right? There's Brother Rutman right there, okay, walk around. But literally, I mean, I, I expect that, you know, when I, when I die, if Jesus tarries, and he might, Hey, I'd like to preach on what would you do if you knew Jesus wasn't coming for 100 years, amen? <laughs> Listen, but it's in the church and through the church that I expect one day I'll be buried, amen? And so I just want to say tonight, I love the church. And I want to preach on this thought tonight and applying it to the church out of our text. Two are better than one, amen? Two are better than one. And so as we begin the text here, Solomon uh, takes notice of what he calls a vanity. In fact, the theme of his book is really van vanity of vanities. If you look at Ecclesiastes, all is vanity. That means emptiness. That means full of nothingness. And so, so Solomon says, I, I noticed a vanity. 
I notice something's just really empty. Uh, he, he notices a man that is for all practical purposes, he is a loner in this life. He's not married. He has no children. He's all alone in this world. He also notices that this man is a laborer. This man is willing to work his finger to the bone night and day. And Solomon further observes that though he is a loner and a laborer, this man has a longing that cannot be fulfilled. He labors all of his days. He makes all of these riches. He makes all of this money. He can have anything he wants, but he cannot be satisfied with riches because it, really in all truth, uh, for all that he works and all the money he puts back, at the end of his life he's unfulfilled because he has no one to enjoy his wealth with. And I want to say tonight, there's not much life for that, in, in that kind of living. And that's what Solomon's trying to make. And I want to say tonight to you that are here at the church tonight, God has not called any of us to be lone rangers. Amen. We need the church. Amen. Even lone ranger had a tunnel. Isn't that right? God hadn't called us to be a loner in this life. We need the church. I need the church. You need the church. We need each other. Amen. That's how God has made it for you and I to make it through this life. And I thank God for that. God hadn't called my family. God hadn't called your family to go it alone in this world. God hadn't called you as an individual, you as a family, to live for him and to suffer for him and to die for him alone. That's lunacy. Rather, God has given us something that we call the local church. Man, I love the church. I do. And we can work together in the church. We can war together through the church. We can have the warmth of Christian fellowship together in the church. We can worship together in the church. And I just gave you the points to my message. Amen. These are things we can do in and through the church. Amen. I love the church. So I want to preach on that thought. Two are better than one. And I promise I'm going to try to go through these as the Lord will give me liberty to go through these as quickly as I can for your sake and my stomach's sake. Amen, all right? Paul told Timothy to take a little wine for stomach's sake, and, and, and I need to take a little less preaching for my stomach's sake. Amen. <laughs> and so I promise you, I'm going to do my best to watch that clock and be out of here at a good time tonight. If I go longer than what you expect, amen, uh, I want you to know that I'll be as mad as the preacher as you are. Amen. I'll be. I walk out of here. Talk, I'll talk about him with you. Say, man, that guy was long-winded. Amen. And uh, so, so we'll talk about him together. All right. But let me give you just three or four or five points, something like that tonight. Amen. But number one, two are better than one when it comes to work. And again, I'm talking about the church now. But we see here in our text here in Ecclesiastes chapter number four and verse number eight, he said, "There's one alone. There's not a second. And he says, uh, 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 come over here to verse number 9, two are better than one uh, uh, because they have a good reward for their labor. And he's talking there about their work. There's something about one guy working by himself and he can do something, but any guy that's in business, any, any guy that's a contractor, any guy that's in construction, amen, or these types, it's just better. You, you'll begin turning more dollars, amen, with two guys working than with one man working, amen. They get more reward for their labor, and that's biblical. That's what Solomon said, and since he was the wise man on the face of the earth, I'm not going to disagree with him, amen. All right, now listen, here's what I'm saying here. Uh, when it comes to the work of the Lord, God has given us a church to work in, amen. He's given us a church not just to work in, but to work together in. And there, I, you say, uh, Brother Upman, have you noticed something at the church and you're trying to exhort it? No, I hope you walk out of here encouraged tonight. I hope you walk out of here saying, man, I, I want to be a part of my church, amen. I want to participate in my church. Uh, because, uh, listen, when I come back and look, I mean, it's only a two-week snapshot, but I, I feel like 
And what I'm seeing in this little two-week snapshot, man, I'm seeing this church, as far as I'm concerned, Eastside Baptist Church is in a state of revival. Now, you may not feel like that tonight. And if you say, well, it's not revival, we'll come down here and get revived, amen, and join the rest of us. But I feel like we're in a state of revival, amen. But you know, when we get in a state of revival, we want to stay in that state, amen. We want, that's not the time to say, well, you know, you know, we all go into storms and we go through storms and come out at, man, I'd be like, hey, we're in revival, let's stay in revival as long as we can, amen. Two are better than one when it comes to work. So, man, let's keep on, what you, here's, here's, here's the point of the message, whatever it is you're doing here, keep doing it, amen, because it's working, amen, all right? Listen, when it comes to work of the Lord, man, we don't have to be alone in our work. Get together, man, get in these ministries. Not every one person can do every ministry in the church, but everybody can be involved in a ministry of the church, amen? And find a little group somewhere, whether it's the printing group, whether it's the visitation group, whether it's the seniors group, hey, find a group to be involved in, amen, and stay involved, working together. It'll encourage you. If you sit all by yourself, amen, and I'm not picking on people that are sitting by themselves tonight, that's a figure of speech, all right? But if I'm saying, if the idea is you just sit by yourself and stay by yourself, you come to church, you sit alone and you just want to sing alone quietly, uh, softly and tenderly on a hill far away from everybody else, amen, you're not going to have the blessing you could have if you just got in and got involved, amen, and work together with the church of the living God. Listen, when, when, when Jesus sent the disciples out to do the work of preaching and healing and casting out demons, he sent them out two by two because two are better than one. And in Acts chapter 13, verse number 2, the Holy Ghost told the church at Antioch that he wanted Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have sent them because two are better than one. And so I'm just saying when, when this church works together, when everybody in this church has a group that you can work in, a class you can work in, a ministry you can work with, it's more profitable. The church overall has a greater reward as people work together instead of working independently of one another. You can't do it all alone. And I'm telling you, I can't either. I can't either. I, as, as I go back, I, I kind of feel weird because I'm going back without my wife. But as soon as I hit the ground there, I've got men and I've got folks that we're working with as soon as we hit the ground because two are better than one. I look at missionaries on the field sometimes and they get off to themselves, amen. And just them and their own little work won't fellowship with anybody. I see church members back home, sometimes even pastors like that. And you always watch people that are dying spiritually and churches that are dying spiritually under that kind of leadership and mission uh, works that are dying spiritually when they have that kind of mentality. Well, it's just me. It's just me and my own here. Man, that God never meant for it to be that way. Amen. Man, we're part of the church. Amen. So when it comes to work parties at Eastside Baptist Church, two are better than one. Amen. And when it comes to visitation, two are better than one. And when it comes to church services, two are better than one. Amen. And when it comes to the music ministry, two are better than one. And when it comes to doing church finances, amen. I'm talking about giving, amen, to church finances, tithing, missions, amen. Two are better than one. When it comes to helping a weaker brother, two are better than one. Amen. The Bible said, ye which are spiritual, amen. Not he that is spiritual, ye. Eight. Two is always better than one in God's economy. And, and so I need you, you need me, we need each other in the work of the church, amen. Well, I believe this with all my heart. He said there's a greater reward. I believe we'll have greater reward at the judgment seat of Christ, amen, when we work together within the context of our church than if we all tried to do it independently on our own. I think there's a greater reward. Then number two, two are better than one in walking. Look at verse number, verse number 10. And I'm struggling when I read my Bible because they just fit me in new context and yeah, it's not quite working right, okay? And so, but I'm gonna try to read this. If they fall... Two are better than one. Why? For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him. Let me just say this, church, tonight, 
as, and again, this is, again, I want you to understand, I'm not like preaching like, hey, you guys aren't, I think you're doing it right. Well, I can see you're doing it right. Keep on doing it, amen. Man, keep on, keep on working together. Keep on walking together in the church, amen. As we walk together in life, we need one another. There, there, sooner or later, I, I just hate to tell you this, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but sooner or later, somebody in this church is going to fall and they're going to need someone to pick them up, amen. amen. They don't need someone to kick them down. They don't need someone to go to the restaurant and talk about them. They need someone to pick them up, amen. That's another reason this church has such a good name around the country. I can't tell you how many churches I've been in where people have said something like this. Man, you got to be side Baptist church. There's a lot of men who have been healed in that church and are back in the ministry. And I say, I say a hearty amen because I'm one of those men. God used this church, amen, to bring healing to me and my family. And I hear people say that and I'm like, man, if you only knew, if you only knew, amen. Man, I love it when I watch people from this church see someone else that's down physically or spiritually or maybe down in the luck financially. I know luck's not a good word, right? But you understand what I'm saying there? And, 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 and a couple just show up to help me out. A family shows up to help me. Man, I love the spirit of this church. Keep it up, amen. Keep it up. I, you, you can't help but when you look at that phrase, if they fall, it literally means if they fall, the application there is in body. Man, there are people here that have physical afflictions. And man, the church just rallies around them. In, in, in soul, there are people here that have, that have emotional issues, amen. Our emotions do this. And, you know, Pastor Spencer always used to joke about Moody County up there. But, you know, all of us have Moody Counties at times, amen, in our lives. And it's good when, hey, listen, if you ever see Brother Ruckman get down, you better bring the whole church to Africa to help me get back up, amen. Because I tried, I, I can't help it. It's just my personality. It's who I am. I guess who God made me to be. But I feel like I'm up all the time. Tell you a quick story. Because people always say, Oh, you're such an optimist. You're such a, and I'm like, I'm just a realist. Amen. But they're, Oh, you're an optimist and all this. So I stopped at a little coffee shop today because I got one of those little coupons for coffee. It's my birthday. So they give me this free little birthday thing, right? And uh, so I go over there to Scooters and get this. I didn't get a free small one, friend. I got a free large one. Amen. Amen. And so they, they give that to me. And I, I said, well, you know, I'm here. I want to buy one for my wife. And then I got thinking, well, we're going. My daughter-in-law's at the house. I ought to get one for her too. And uh, so, so I got a turtle mocha for her. I better get a Christmas present out of that. That's all I'm saying. Amen. <laughs> Big old turtle mocha. And I made the comment to the lady who's there. I said, yeah, man, I got diabetes. I sure wished I didn't. I said, man, I said, I could have a turtle mocha, and I got to have a sugar-free mocha instead. And she said, well, at least we have sugar-free options. And I'm like, oh, man, I think I was just pessimistic for a second. I said, did that sound pessimistic? She said, yes. I said, man, I am so sorry. I am not a pessimistic guy. Thank God you have sugar-free mocha. Amen. And I went home and drank it. Amen. All right, anyhow, two or better, I got to get back to the message, all right? I'm just saying we can get, hey, we can get down physically. We can get down emotionally. We can get down in our soul and spirit. Amen. And, and when people are like that here in the church, listen, the church doing a great job. Keep doing a great job. Man, when you see someone and they just come in and they're a little slower in their walk and maybe they're not smiling as much and maybe they're not talking as much, you see something's not quite right, just go over to them. You don't have to make a public spectacle, but just go over to them and say, hey, everything okay? Man, this church has been great about that with my family. Amen. Man, we come home, ladies from this church, get a hold of my wife, say, hey, you guys want to go walking with us? Two are better than one in walking. Amen. Every now and then I like to walk alone, but man, if I, I like, I'm a people person. I want to be around people. Amen. You want, you want to mess me up, put me in solitary confinement somewhere. You'd kill me. All right. I'm just saying two are better than one. Amen. I'm thinking, I'm thinking First uh, Samuel 23, 16, and Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the wood and strengthened his hand in God. Amen. 
That's the kind of Christian that I want to be. That's the kind of Christian that Eastside Baptist Church needs to be full of. Amen. People that will arise and go strengthen someone else's hand in the Lord. I think, I'm thinking it was good for uh, Paul to have a Barnabas and later a Silas and later a Timothy in his life. I'm thinking it was good for Moses to have an Aaron and a Hur. I'm thinking it was good for Joshua to have a Caleb. Hey, let's all of us be that for our pastor. Amen. I mean, let's be that Aaron and her for our Moses, amen. Let's be that for our pastor, amen. But let's be that for one another as well, amen. Man, let's, let's be this. That's the kind of Christian, that we, that's the kind of church that we want to have, amen. Two are better than one, man, in walking, all right. Then two are better than one, trying to roll here. Two are better than one in warmth. In verse number 11, he says, again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? You say, well, pastor, what's that talking about? Man, listen, listen, any, any of you kids... Here on a cold, wintry night, ever have to share a bed with a brother or sister in the middle of the night? Amen. So what are you talking about, Pastor? Where I was raised in Pennsylvania, didn't get quite as cold there as here. But man, there was nights, I just a little fella. And man, my dad didn't have much money. He worked for the United States Post Office, amen, and, uh, and, and got way behind on his paychecks, and we didn't have much heat. And I can remember my mom putting us in bed, I think three or four of us together, amen, just all just together right there. And I'm going to tell you, we were freezing, and we were, we were full of chills, and I'm telling you, that warmed us up, amen. I, two are better than one. Man, listen, I'll tell you kind of a funny story. I was, uh, when I moved out to South Dakota, I wasn't aware how the winters could be in South Dakota, and in January of 1997, I and my brother-in-law who had just moved to South Dakota, we had a night shift job and we left out with a blizzard warning. We left out to go to work 30 miles away and I did not have, I didn't know anything about living in South Dakota, amen. I mean, I haven't been here long myself. I went there, I had a, less than a quarter tank of gas. I started with less than a quarter tank of gas. Now I knew there was a blizzard warning and so I thought, well, we'll put, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we have plenty of food because that's what a young man's thinking about, 21 years old, he's thinking about food, amen. He's not thinking about nothing else, amen. So we had all kinds of food, didn't have any water. Uh, man, we got in the car and we took off and we got stranded. And I don't know how many remember back that far, but it was a three-day blizzard. The governor of the state, Governor Janklow, came on the radio. We heard him on the radio in our car as I realized I have problems. You know, they're saying this is going to be a three-day blizzard. This is the very first hours, and we're already stuck. I mean, there was a, blizzard. I mean, there was a, there was a big old drift come across the highway. And, man, we rode right up in that drift, and we were stuck, and the wind chills were so, you wouldn't believe it if I told you, amen. It, they were cold. All right, and there we are, and the governor comes on in the early morning hours, and he said, uh, we want you to know, do not go out. If you go out, we're not even going to send the National Guard looking for you because we don't want to risk life, amen. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, you think I'm going to vote for you again, buddy? Man, I, man, somebody better come looking for us, or we're in here for three days. Well, i tell you what happened. I would turn the car off because I realized, man, I don't have enough gas to last three days. I don't have enough gas to last one day. We're gonna, we could freeze to death in here. So I'd turn the car off. Well, what happens when you turn a car off on a nice hot motor and that moisture is filtered into that little fan that pushes that hot air off the motor is that when it's, when it's the wind chills 45 below zero, it, it freezes your fan blades. And then when you start the car back up and turn the heat on hot and hit it on full blast, it breaks your fan blades. And next thing you know, it's a pow. And it's like, we have no heat. JR, we have no heat. And we're both at first, we're just laughing like, man, we're, we're set, man. Look, man, we got all this food in here. We got jerky. We got, man, we're just, we're having the time of our life. And then we begin to realize we're in trouble. It was back before we had cell phones, you know. And, uh, and we're in trouble. I mean, like, we're in trouble. We don't have any water. And I said, well, you know, you can lean out and get some snow, you know. And, you know, he's like, I don't want to even open the car, man. We don't have any heat. I mean, you could barely feel heat, but there was no blower. So you could put your hand up there. We had our hands up there. And I said, J.R., I've read stories of this kind of stuff. 
And he said, what are you talking about? I said, listen, I do not want to get close to you. You're my brother-in-law. I love you. I do not want to get close to you. I do not want to have to be together. But I don't want to freeze to death worse than I don't want to be together. So we may have to come to a place where we are. I'm so thankful that did not happen. Amen. There was a farmer up there that said, I'm not going to let two young men down my road. He went five miles in a whiteout on a snowmobile. I have no, and there's a whole long story there, but I don't have time to preach it, and you don't have time to listen to me preach it, all right? But I'm just simply saying, yeah, we were looking at some pretty tough options, amen. And thank God I was rescued, I was saved, I was delivered from that, amen. But I'm just telling you, it's a fact, amen, two are better than one when it comes to warmth. Can I tell you that when God made Adam, you know what God said about Adam? It's not good for man to be alone. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to make a help meet for him. And the same can be said of every one of us in our Christian walk. Dear Christian lady, if you're here at the church and you feel like you're all by yourself, it's just because you feel like you're all by yourself. Because there are all kind of ladies that want to reach out to you. Amen. And, and ladies, keep reaching out to one another. Men, same way. Amen. If you feel like you're all by yourself, amen. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Amen. So get up and get some courage and just get up out of your pew and walk over to somebody else and start talking. You say they don't talk back. Well, try three or four times. If they don't, go to somebody else. Amen. All right. But man, let's everybody try. Amen. All right. So two's better than one when it comes to work. Hey, listen, in these cold, dark days, aren't you glad to come in here on a Wednesday night and have the warm fellowship of a church? I'm telling you, man, we're watching the news. We're seeing all this stuff happening, these shootings. I mean, it's, it, I mean the, there's some terrible things happening in our country right now, terrible things. Everybody wants to blame it on the guns, blame it on the guns. Man, you, you're looking at this sad, misguided young man who's wearing a dress on July 4th. It's like, is it possible that something else could be the cause? There could be a heart cause, and it's not a gun issue here, Amen. But we have that all over the country. We have dear missionary friends who were in South Carolina watching a fireworks event. Someone pulled out a gun and started shooting. Amen. And I mean, and it was very close to them. And they're like, man, thank God for safety. We ran for all we had. And it's, this is becoming more commonplace. I'm glad that we have something called the church that we can come to in the midst of a, of a world that's dark and cold. And ch I'm glad we can come here for fellowship. Amen. And warmth. There's warmth in fellowship. Amen. And, and the more we fellowship one with another. Hey, listen, man, Sunday night after church, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Spillmans, the younger Spillmans, amen. Not the older Spillmans. The younger invited us over to their house and the older Spillmans got to come as well. Amen. And uh, man, we played games till 12 or one o'clock in the morning. You say, that's crazy. That's warm Christian fellowship is what that is. Amen. Learn to fellowship together. You don't have to be a loner in this church. Amen. There's warmth in that. There should never be a time when anybody in this church ever is given the cold shoulder by somebody else. Amen. There should never be a time when people get all clickish in the church. Man, don't, don't go there. Amen. Man, there shouldn't be a never a time when outsiders look in and they say, well, I'd go to that church, but it's so cold. Man, we need that love of warm Christian fellowship. Uh, uh, we need that. Hey, listen, uh, if your fingers get cold and your head is hot, there's a problem with your body's circulation. The blood's not flowing properly. Amen. And, and I want to say, when the blood of Jesus Christ is not flowing properly in the church, man, you know what you have? You get hot heads and cold feet. <laughs> For real, in the church, you get hot head and cold feet. People get mad at each other because that blood's not circulating properly. Amen. Man, we need to keep it right with God, keep that relationship right with him, and it can't be right with him if it's not right with one another. Amen. You say, preacher, you act like you know there's something going on. There, Man, I, there's nothing going on unless you want to tell me about it after the service. Amen. There's nothing going on here, but I'm saying keep it that way. Keep it that way. Keep it that way, man. Stay as a warm, friendly church. Hey, listen to this. Listen to this. 
Warmth signifies life. When someone dies, their body gets cold. God knows there's enough cold churches in this country. Coldness numbs the body. The more of us here that are living in Sioux Falls, living for the Lord, the more life we'll bring to the spiritually dark and cold place. And the more candles we bring to this New Testament candlestick, this church, amen, the more the light and the more warmth that we bring to Sioux Falls. And I'm just saying the more of us there are numbers, the more we'll stimulate spiritual life in this town. I was thinking about this, think about 2 Kings 4.32, uh, where, where Elisha, had that young man that was dead. And here's what the Bible said. But when Elisha stretched himself on the dead body of the child, the flesh of the child waxed warm. Amen. And I'm just saying the more of us that will stretch ourselves spiritually over this dead town spiritually, we'll start to feel the warmth of God coming into this place. I'm telling you, I come back from Africa and I felt the warmth as soon as I walked into the church. I felt, I don't know about y'all, but when I, when I came to church tonight, and it's not because of who I am. It's not because Brother Upman's optimistic. It's not because I'm always trying to, when I walked into church tonight, I had a warm reception. When I, when I, when I sat down and, and our brother Hardy, man, we got like the best song leader in the country, amen. Man, when he started leading the singing, at the end of the first song, you know what I thought, Brother Keith? I thought, I've already been to church, amen. amen. Have you ever been to church for a whole two hours and felt like I never even went to church tonight, amen? I felt like I was in church after the first service, amen. There was warmth in the singing. There was life. It was alive, man. The singing was alive. Don't walk in here, man. I'm going to sit alone. I'm going to sing just, you know, quiet as I can. Man, man, participate, amen. Yeah, if you sing off key, just try to get on key, amen. But do your best, but make a joyful noise to the Lord. Tell you one of the worst things, it's, it's good spiritually. I've got a Muslim, man, that's my next door neighbor. Great to have a Muslim. I get to witness to him, drink tea with him, but it's bad, that he sings his Muslim prayers, that's bad. But that he sings them off key is even worse, amen. I'm like, man, if you're gonna pray to another God, at least pray to him on key, amen. Driving me crazy over here. I'm just simply saying, man, come to church, participate, sing, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, amen. I'm gonna tell you, you know what that does? When people walk in and they get a friendly reception, and when people walk in, I'll tell you what it does, it attracts people that want life, but it keeps people out that want cold and death, amen. They're like, I don't like that kind of church. That's fine, there's plenty of churches that'll accommodate you, amen. There's plenty of funeral homes over this city you can go to, amen, and have church. But this is the church of the living God, amen. Man, you come to church and people singing, man, when peace like a river attendeth my ways, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I don't know about Brother Dana, that fires me up, amen. And we had church one time up in Hoven, amen, and the newspaper came out, Catholic town, and here's our little Baptist church, and they came out, and they wrote, and the next day, they said, we went out to the, the Baptist church, and we did this and that, but they said, one thing we can say, those people sang it's well with their soul, like it was really well with their soul, like they really believed it. They put that in the newspaper. I said, it is well with my soul. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, keep, keep, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. It's what I'm trying to say. Amen. Man, two are better than one. Listen, two are better than one in warfare. I don't have time to preach this whole point because I really want to get to my last point. But two are better than one in warfare. Verse number, verse number 12 of our text, he said, and if one prevail against him, then two shall withstand him. Uh, listen, Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, iron sharpeneth iron, so man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Why, why, why do we sharpen iron? I, when I sharpen iron, I'm using that iron as a weapon. Amen. And, and, and we are coming to church to sharpen one another. Amen. Us parents are trying to, 
to, to whittle arrows out of our children. And we need other parents helping us with that. Amen. Uh, the, the church is a, it is the base camp for the spiritual warfare that is going on in our country. And we need to come to camp. Amen. We need to come down here to the base. Amen. We need to be able to hear from the commander in chief as God's preacher stands up and preaches the word of God. Amen. We need to be rallied. Amen. As the drill sergeant. Amen. Leads us in singing for the glory of God. Amen. We need that. Amen. We're in a war. Two are better than one in warfare. And in case you haven't noticed, we're in war. Uh, one person wisely made this statement. He said, while they fight in detached parties, they sacrifice the general cause. Better to sacrifice our little schisms and parties and contribute to the general cause of seeing a world out there that's dying get saved by the grace of God. And Satan's strategy is always the same. Can I tell you, Satan, he's very predictable. His, his strategy is always this, divide and conquer. So knowing that, we must be aware of that, and we must remove ourselves from any attempts of Satan through anyone to divide so that he can conquer this church. Amen. Man, anybody ever comes to you and says, hey, you hear what Pastor Jet's doing over there? I really don't agree with that. It's time for you to say, well, let's just pick up the phone and call Pastor Jet. Amen. I've done that. I've done that. People, people hey, listen, the best way... For people not to talk about somebody else in the church, someone comes and says, well, you hear about Gabe Adams? It's not just the pastor. Someone says, you hear about Gabe Adams? Let me just say what I think about Gabe Adams. I say, well, hold on. Let's just pick up the phone and talk to Brother Adams ourselves. Amen. Let's make sure he's a part of this conversation. You say, well, that's mean. A listening ear is as bad as a gossiping tongue. Amen. We want to have unity in our church. Amen. So we can go war together. So just try to stay away from those kind of meetings and those kind of places and those kind of fellowships. And, and, and I don't think we have any here. I hope. Listen, this is the advantage of coming in and not being the pastor. Amen. This is the advantage of not being around because I haven't been to all the, all the, uh, the campfires and the volleyball nets. Amen. And all the, all the parties out there. I haven't heard the talk that's going around. So as far as I know, everything's good at East South Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. Keep it that way, amen. Keep it that way. Just keep it that way. Two are better than one when it comes to war. United we stand, divided we fall. We're on the same team, amen. We have the same, we're part of the same church. Satan's our common enemy. Jesus Christ, the captain of our salvation. Our salvation is near the one we believe. So let's fight together. Hey, let's really, let's really have each other's back, amen. I mean, like Brother Lou, I got your back, Brother Ledoux, and I know you got mine. Amen. Let's have each other's back when it comes to the work of God. And you say, well, Pastor, is there ever time to divide? That's another message for another time. Sure there is. Amen. When someone goes off darkly, when someone tries to cause division, sure there is. But we're not preaching on that tonight. Amen. We're preaching on two better than one. We're preaching on unifying. Now, let me get to my last point because I've been trying to get to this the whole message. All right. And, and, and here we are. We're just about done. Two are better than one in worship. And you say, well, I, I don't see worship in that text. Well, it's not specifically mentioned in the text, but that last verse we read, and I know the context is warfare. He said, if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. But I like that threefold cord, amen. <laughs> and, 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 and I see worship in that threefold cord. You see, we've been talking about how that two are better than one when it comes to work, and when it comes to walking, and when it comes to warmth, and when it comes to warfare. But can I tell you, when two people or two families get saved and become united in one accord, God makes himself a threefold cord. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm glad. I want to just say this. I'm glad I got to come back to Eastside for these two weeks. And I'm glad that y'all are here. I'm glad. I mean, man, this is, for, for mankind, this is a full crowd. Man, if I could have like 10% like of this crowd on Wednesday night, I'd be shouting it out in Africa. Amen. All right. You got a full crowd. I'm, here's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say I'm glad you're here. But I'm really glad God's here. <laughs> I thank God for you. Amen. I'm glad my family's here. 
But I'm glad God's here because I'm telling you, I'm not being critical, I'm just stating the facts. There's a lot of churches in this town where God isn't. But God is in this church, amen. And I want to be where God is, amen. I want to be where the people of God is. I want to be where the power of God is. But more than anything in this world, I want to be where the presence of God is, amen. That's where I want to be. And when God himself becomes a part of our court, when God is a part of our church, amen, it ain't broken quickly, amen. There's, I'm telling you, I hear preachers all the time, they preach against numbers. I'm telling you, I am for numbers, amen. I'm, I'm for, uh, God got so much for numbers, he wrote a book in the Bible called Numbers, amen. I'm for numbers, amen. I'm for building a church the right way, and you're building the right way. I'm just saying, whatever you're doing, keep on doing it, amen. We must endeavor the Bible says we're to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We must endeavor to keep the third person present. <laughs> Talking about the threefold cord. The we must endeavor to keep him present through our like-mindedness. So as Romans 15 verse 6 says, that we might with one mind and one mouth glorify God. Amen. Because God inhabits the praises of his people. And when we come in here and we have one mind... And we have one mouth, and we're glorifying one God. Hey, well, you say, what do you mean glorify? I'm talking about worshiping yes. and praising. Right. I'm telling you, you say, well, God, Brother Rutman, I'm here to criticize your message. All right. And so what are you going to criticize? Well, you're talking about how that, you know, you can be in a church where the presence of God isn't, and he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And that's true. On an individual level, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. In fact, that's a double promise from God. You can read it backwards. Thee forsaken or leave, never will I. Amen. It's a double promise from God, amen, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. But I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to the corporate body of Christ, when it comes to the church, the presence of God can leave a place. It cannot leave a person, but it can leave a place, amen. And I'm telling you, I like coming to this place. I know people say, well, the people are the church. I know that. The building's not the church. I know that. But when the people get together in a place, amen, and they're worshiping God with one mouth and one mind, God likes it. Amen. So how do you know God likes it? Because the Bible said Jesus said God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. God delights in worship. God desires worship. Amen. I think I could preach that God demands worship. Amen. We worship God for who he is. We praise God for what he's done. I'm just simply saying there needs to be a spirit of worship. So when we come here to the church, two are better than one in worship. You say why? Because when Brother Viss starts singing, and I don't even know how you sing, brother, because it's so good in here. I, I couldn't hear anybody off key tonight. So if you sing off key, I'm sorry. Amen. All right. But so, brother, this starts singing, and Pastor Jet starts singing, and, 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 and brother Patel, amen, starts, starts singing over here. Amen. Brother Tom starts singing. I'm still back on that video. Amen. And, uh, and, and, and all of us are singing together. Amen. And we're all right with God, and we're all right with one another. Amen. You know what that's called? There, there, there's a spirit of worship. God shows up. You say, well, that's a southern expression. I'm just telling you, you find that all the way through your Bible. Amen. God, the presence of God will come into a place. God, and I, you say, you're talking about some kind of charismatic experience? No, I'm talking about a Bible experience. Amen. Amen. God will manifest himself in an overt fashion. Amen. Yet you will know that we have met with the Lord. How many of you sing that old song, brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word? Man, I love it when God shows up. I've been to church services and honest to God, independent Baptist churches, and I sat there and said, the only reason I'm here is because God told me that I'm not to forsake the sin of myself together. I felt like I could worship God better on a basketball court, and I don't even like basketball than I did in that church, amen? So I like it when I go to a church, amen, 
and the people of God are right with one another. And, and, and they're working together, walking together, warring together, and they're worshiping together. Amen. I like it. Man, I like it when a church worships. We're not a funeral home. Amen. Let me say it again. We're not a funeral home. We didn't come together tonight to commemorate the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have come together tonight to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you went over to somebody's grave, we would all be crying. We'd say this is terrible. But man, if we all showed up tomorrow morning and that guy rose from the dead, I don't care how people in South, man, I went to the fireworks the other night. We didn't, we didn't have the privilege of being able to get in the fairgrounds. Everybody that had a video from the fairgrounds, you could actually hear people saying, whoo. You could, every now and then you could hear it. You know, I'm like, man, I'm out there by myself. Not by myself. There's a bunch of people over there. But, you know, our family's over here, a bunch of other people at a place where we could get out very easily, very quickly. Amen. And I'm the only guy going, whoo. I, you, I, it doesn't matter how quiet and reserved we are. Can I tell you, when God shows up, God wants to hear it. Amen. He wants to hear us singing him. He wants us to bless the Lord. Man, I wish I had time to go over to Isaiah. Amen. There's a chapter in Isaiah where he talks about singing, saying, and shouting. Amen. God bless. Hey, it's not going to hurt God's feelings in church if you say, Amen. <laughs> When the preacher's preaching about the resurrection of Christ, it's not going to hurt his feelings if you say, praise the Lord, amen. That's not going to hurt his feelings, I promise you. It's not, when we praise God, when we, man, hey, listen, if you get excited, and I'm not talking about charismatic junk, and you know me, and you know I ain't talking about that, but there's nothing wrong with lifting up your hand, amen, and, and saying, praise the Lord, amen. In fact, I'm telling you, when you get that spirit in the church, and that is a spirit that is in the church because we're worshiping God, and God's spirit becomes with us, a one with us, amen, that three, five, man, you come to church, church. I'm not talking about people coming in, making a fair show in the flesh, but I'm saying, I'm talking about people coming in and worshiping God because it's on the inside and you can't, I'm just going to tell you something about me. I don't know what happened to me, but what's on the inside just can't stay there. It's got to just come out. I mean, what's in the well's got to come out the pump. Amen. What's in the heart? Jesus said, of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen. If it's people say, well, it's just on the inside down there and I really love them. I mean, sooner or later you think you'd at least say, Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I mean, you're, you're saved from hell. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're going to heaven for eternity. <laughs> Man, I don't know about you, but that excites me just a little bit. Amen. I am going to heaven. I cannot go to hell. Amen. I think that excites me, and I think God likes to hear it when I say, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Amen. Thankful you saved their soul, but I'm real thankful you saved my soul. Amen. I'm just saying two's better than one when it comes to worship. It's kind of it's awkward when you're in the church and you're the pastor or you're the song leader or you're just a person visiting, amen, and you say, amen, and everybody in the church looks around like, where'd that come from? Man, this, this stuff, it's better caught than taught, amen? Just, just every now and then say amen in your pew, amen? Just, just say amen. Just, just say amen every now and then. Praise the Lord. Hey, everybody, real quick, raise your right hand. I'm not going to make you take an oath, all right? Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, that was that hard. No. You can do that when we're singing. Amen. Yeah. You can do that when Pastor Jet's preaching. Amen. Yeah. There's sometimes I'm sitting there saying, oh, me, and I'm down at the altar getting right. But there's sometimes I'm saying, oh, my, praise the Lord. Amen. Man, God's good to us. Amen. Amen. I, mean, I got to wrap this thing up, all right? My time's up. My stomach's up. I need to be done, all right? But let me just, somebody says, preacher, but really, what is worship? You say, two better than one of worship. What is worship? 
Well, let me explain it this way, and then I'm going to turn it over to the pastor when I'm done. He may have an invitation. We might not have an idol. Whatever he wants to do, amen. I'm preaching what God told me to preach, and maybe we don't even need an invitation. I don't know. But here's what I'm saying. What's worship? Let me explain it this way. Worship is the overflow of a grateful heart toward God. Amen. <laughs> worship is the psalmist saying, Thou, man, I feel like this man. Thou anointest mine head with all, my cup runneth over. It's, it's, it's almost like that, 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 that's the spiritual side of Jimmy Stewart, amen, saying I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup is overflowed, amen. It's my cup runneth over. It's the psalmist saying in Psalm 45, 1 and 2, my heart is indicting a good manner. That word indicting, it literally means boiling over and bubbling up, amen. Man, when I come to church, man, I like when Brother Hardy's up here and he's bowling over and bubbling up. Man, you can see it in his eyes. You can see it in his demeanor. He's not just keeping time. He's worshiping God. You know what that makes me want to do? That makes me want to sit back there and say, I'm not just watching him and trying to follow along. Amen. I'm worshiping God. And when the offering plate comes around, I'm just not watching everybody else. I'm participating because giving in the offering is worshiping God. Amen. Tithing and giving to missions and giving to the bill. That's all a part of worship. Amen. Worship is, again, the psalmist saying, I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Amen. Man, some guys say, I want to write it down. Worship is saying, man, that writing's getting into my tongue. Amen. I got to say it. I just can't write it. Amen. It is the bride in the song of songs saying about her bridegroom and, and Jesus Christ is my heavenly bridegroom, amen. She said, my beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among ten thousands, yea, he is altogether lovely, amen. Man, what a lovely name, the name of, is he real to you tonight? Is he real to you? I believe I could worship him if I just knew he was real, amen. Yep, brother, he's real, amen, I know he's real, amen. Man, it fires me up, amen. You know what it'll do for your preacher when you worship God while he's preaching if God leads you in that fashion, amen. It's like putting gunpowder on a cereal for breakfast, amen. It's like, it just encourages, he's encouraging you, it just encourages him when someone says, amen, preacher. That's good, man, hallelujah, amen. Worship is living water returning to its source. Ecclesiastes 1.7 said, all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Under the place when the, when the rivers came, thither they return again. Worship is the Spirit of God in filling His people, flowing through His people back to God. Amen. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, John 7 37, on that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, uh, He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow forth rivers of living water. Amen. You know where'd they come from? That's the Spirit of God coming in. And when the Spirit of God comes in, he, he never designed to come in and make us fat spiritually, amen, or politically correct, obese spirits, or whatever the word is you'd use. He, he, he's not knowledge puffeth up. He, he didn't come there. He come there, amen, so you could worship him. So he's coming in, and then he works through your lungs, through your heart, through your mouth, through your tongue, amen, through your hand, and you get to give it right back to him. You say, that's worship. That's charismatic. No, that's Bible, amen. Amen. When you get a whole assembly of grateful hearts overflowing towards God, I'm just telling you, people begin to praise God. God inhabits the praises of his people. There's something about an assembly of worshipers that God likes. I, I can worship alone in my private time, and I do, and I like it. I can worship in my family time, and I do, and we like it. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like getting together with God's people on a Wednesday night. Amen. 
and walking into church, and maybe, maybe a little down, a little discouraged, beat up by the world, and walking into church and hearing the other saints of God sing, it's well with my soul. Hear the preacher get up and preach on the goodness of God. And man, hearing the saints of God, praise God, and walking out of here saying, I believe, I believe I can go back out in the world on Thursday morning. Amen. Let's keep being that kind of a church. Two are better than one. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.